Did the prosecutors withhold evidence in the Delphi murder case? We have an arrest video from the man accused of killing Tupac. We also have an update on the Brooklyn stabbing case. The man accused of kidnapping nine-year-old Charlotte Seta. Well, he may be a suspect in two unsolved murders. And why did he do it? Well, because it's always about the money. More lawyers gone wild. And then finally, our dumb criminal of the day. Let's talk about it. Good day, everyone. My name is Scott Raish, and this is Crime Talk. Thanks for joining us. You know the drill. Subscribe if you haven't. Like if you do. Leave me a comment below. And remember, you can always hit that little bell to receive notifications. And you can listen to us anytime on any of your favorite podcasting apps. All right, before we get to the docket, as you may know, I've been on vacation this week, but we've still been bringing you Crime Talk videos. I hope you've enjoyed them. We've just left Barcelona, and now we are heading to France. So we look forward to that. We'll give you an update on that early next week. All right, let's go ahead and open the record and begin the docket. For October 6, 2023, first, did the prosecutors withhold evidence in the Delphi homicide case? Well, the defense seems to think so. Now, according to a recent filing by Richard Allen's attorneys, they are accusing the police of withholding evidence involving a professor at Purdue University. As you may recall, the defense filed a motion saying that, you know, obviously uh, this was a ritualistic killing in the Delphi case, and the defense had cracked the code, uh, that this was some Odinistic, um, religious, cult-like killing. Uh, there were symbols. Well, it turns out, or at least according to the defense, um, the Carroll County Sheriff, Tony Liggett, swore under oath back in August of 2023 that a professor at Purdue did not believe that the sticks on the bodies were Odinist symbol. Well, the defense went on to say that the prosecutor Nick McClellan allegedly told the defense the prosecution was unable to identify the professor as of September 6th of this year. Well, Allen's attorneys then claimed that state trooper Jerry Holloman said in the months after the girl's murder that the professor was identified as Jeffrey Turco. And he said that it was not Odinism or any type of cult worshiping whatsoever or any type of group that would have conducted the crime. Obviously, that goes against the defense theory and the prosecutors abandoned the cult theory uh, at that time after speaking with this professor. Well, the defense then submitted a filing, like we talked about, as to why they believe the girls were uh, ritualistically sacrificed back on uh, September 18th. The next day, the defense claims that Holloman was able to find the Purdue professor and interview him. Holloman says... He allegedly said he was working to set up the interview with Turco for several weeks, despite defense claims that it would have coincided with the same time that the prosecution claimed that they could not identify Turco. Now, the defense says there is a taped statement from Turco saying it was a given that the pattern of sticks found at the crime scene was someone trying to replicate Germanic runic script. Now, Turco went on to... Uh, bring in outside counsel from Harvard University who agreed with the deduction. Now, Turco went on to say that he could certainly imagine that this was somebody's idea that when you do a human sacrifice, 
you carve runs. Um, then there are some poetic sources that would sort of support the idea that somebody might have come across. That scenario seems entirely plausible to me. So there you go. Who knows? The defense claims that the prosecution has sent countless hard drives, flash drives, and disks with hundreds of pages of paperwork between September 8th and September 27th. It claims the interview with Turco was on a thumb drive delivered on September 27th and was only marked with the professor's name and not his title. Now, in these court documents, Allen's attorneys claim several people with direct ties to Odinism were dismissed as potential suspects early in the investigation without reason. Now, the defense claimed one of the people allegedly cleared by investigators early in the investigation had social media posts with imagery that matched what the defense claims were pagan symbols at the crime scene. And upon seeing these images, an Indiana State Police investigator allegedly requested another interview be done with the potential suspect. But Allen's defense attorneys do not believe that the police ever followed up with that investigation. Allen's defense claimed another person who has ties to this Odinism also confessed to a relative that has been involved in the murder and even spat on one of the girls at the crime scene. This person's alibi allegedly did not hold up and the relative later passed the polygraph test when questioned about what he had told her about his involvement, according to the defense motions that have been filed. That person has also been cleared. And of course, Allen's attorneys claim that he is being used as a scapegoat to get a arrest right before the sheriff was due for seeing ladies and gentlemen, if in fact that was withheld, uh, it certainly makes the prosecution look somewhat not great. But as we've seen, when you get small towns, jurisdictions with huge cases like this, they have document management issues. When you have a large case like this, whether it be on the prosecution or the defense, you literally have somebody that is responsible for indexing and sorting all of this discovery so you know what the heck is in the discovery and where to find it and what is what are they talking about so that you can reference it. Half the battle in these big cases is simply being able to find the information that is there. We'll see how that goes. Next, we have the arrest video of the alleged Tupac killer, Dwayne Keith D. Davis, um, kind of boasts on the video. So take a look at the video. You can tell for yourself whether he brazenly boasts about being part of the biggest case in Las Vegas history when he was arrested uh, on the body cam. Now, obviously, uh, Mr. Davis was taken into custody last week by detectives and he's been charged with the murder and the use of a deadly weapon over the 1996 shooting of Tupac. Now, the footage of his arrest shows Davis bragging, allegedly, that he's a pro when being bundled into the backseat of the police car, as well as the fact he allegedly implicated that he's allegedly implicated in the biggest case in law Ve Vegas history. He told officers who emerged from the uh, car that they're putting him in, I don't give it blank and I ain't worried. Never good to boast that you're not worried about being arrested. Everyone's a little bit worried when you get arrested. Don't go bragging about it. Take a look at the video. You tell me if you think the guy was bragging or was he just trying to play it cool. Let me know. Next, we have an update on the Brooklyn stabbing case. So the teenager accused of stabbing 
Ryan Carson to death, appeared in court uh, yesterday after being charged with first-degree murder. The kid's name is Brian Dowling, and he was taken before court after they um, did the little perp walk, and he actually allegedly looks like shed a tear uh, as he was coming out of the police station, probably the realization that he's going to prison and more than likely for a very, very long time. Uh, during the court proceeding, he did glance at his parents who were in the courtroom who were tearful uh, when they saw their son uh, being taken uh, without bail. Uh, he wept as he marched out of the station several hours after his arrest, like I mentioned, and they also seized the knife that they believed that was used in the attack. Now, it's alleged that Dowling stabbed Carson in the heart about 3.50 a.m. on Monday in an unprovoked attack that erupted while he and his girlfriend were waiting for a bus after attending a wedding. The first-degree murder charge carries the possible penalty there in New York of life without the possibility of parole. Now, his defense attorney made an impassioned plea, wanting uh, a reasonable bail to be set uh, because of the fact of his young age and the fact that he apparently has never been in trouble before. Well, he certainly swung for um, the big one, and he hit it out of the park as far as first-time offenders um, being charged with first-degree murder. So, ultimately, there's been reports that the, the young defendant has some mental health issues, and a lot of people said that he was a good kid. Well, they say he'll be remaining in custody. So the suspected child snatcher, Craig Ross, who allegedly, although pretty good idea that he uh, kidnapped Charlotte Senna and held her for ransom, is apparently also a suspect in a couple of cold cases there in the same area. Now, no arrests have been made, obviously, but the police are giving Mr. Ross new interest. We'll have to wait and see. Now, the question always is, is why would somebody do it? And Mr. Ross obviously kidnaps young Charlotte, takes her back to his trailer uh, and keeps her there and then delivers a ransom note for $50,000 to the family home. But why? Well, it is alleged that obviously Ross is accused of targeting the girl for that, uh, but because apparently the grandfather um, had uh, successfully sued a small town and won $2.2 million back in 1998 over a sledding accident. So Patrick Senna, the grandfather who died in 2015, apparently had been sledding with Charlotte's father, David, who was seven at the time when they hit a bump and they went flying. He suffered a broken pelvis and a fry and a spine fracture. Um, he was reportedly behind on tax payment for property in the county where he lived less than two miles from Charlotte's parents' home and was forced to move back in with his mother four weeks before the kidnapping due to his money troubles. Like I said, Charlotte's grandfather sued the town of Greenfield many years ago, and uh, people around Saratoga were aware that he had gained this money, so apparently thought it was going to be a quick hit, so to speak. Well, obviously, didn't quite work out that way, and um, Mr. Uh, Ross is now in custody and is going to be spending more time there as well. Art Dumb Criminal of the Day. You're not going to believe this, ladies and gentlemen, but you can't make this stuff up. So a Florida retirement community resident um, gave a big smile for his mugshot, even though he could actually be facing some hard time. 
Hell, let's face it, he's probably not going to go to prison. But meet Reginald Kincer, K-I-N-C-E-R. This guy is 77 years old, and he apparently had received more than $1,800 worth of misbranded erectile dysfunction drugs that he purchased without authorization. That's a prescription, ladies and gentlemen. So apparently, Mr. Kincer had planned to redistribute these drugs to others locally and outside of the state of Florida, according to the United States Attorney. He was arrested last month at the Villages, a retirement community there in Central Florida, where he lives with another 80,000 residents. And apparently, he was also featured in a 2020 documentary titled Some Kind of Evan. Well, I guess he was having his own little heavenly device, I guess. Anyway, this retired community has uh, been known for uh, this documentary for um, swinger parties and uh, dating. So apparently, they need a little of the erectile dysfunction uh, drugs as well. Anyway, he was arrested last month, and uh, when they found the drugs, a, after a search of Mr. Kinster's home by Homeland Security, and they have charged him accordingly. According to the uh, arrest affidavit, they found Snovitra, Villatra, Senforce, Vitalista, Tadafil, and um, some oral jelly as well as the other, some ED drugs in his possession. Guess what? He faces up to a year in prison and a $10,000 fine if he was convicted. Now in 2020, he was also arrested for possession of several drugs, including marijuana, MDMA, mushrooms as well. Um, he was reportedly found guilty in 2021 and given three years probation. So now he's facing the revocation of his probation because he was selling ED pills. I'm glad Homeland Security was on this. Uh, this is a gateway crime, obviously. Uh, next thing you're selling uh, a little Viagra, who knows where it's going to lead? Well, I guess I guess the the hard stuff led him to the other stuff, the softer stuff, the stuff that makes everything hard. I don't know. Go figure it out. Dumb criminal of the day. All right, thanks for watching. Um, we will continue the uh, cruise bring you an update of our, our experience in France and ultimately Italy as well. So thanks for watching. We'll see you next time on Crime Talk.